Welcome back to the Possum University podcast. Uh, we made it. It's July. It's July, which brings me to my first question for you. Can you guess the day of the year with the most lost dogs? Well, considering the title of this podcast and the date, I'm going to go with the 4th of July. Wrong. <gasps> the 5th of July. Oh, smarty pants. Yeah. I see what you did there. So we live in New Jersey where fireworks have not been legal until last year, 2018. Ugh. And now they've been legalized as of last year. Last year wasn't that bad, though, because there was no distribution in place. So It wasn't easy. Right. So you could have them, but there was nowhere to buy them. Now you drive down the street, and every other parking lot has a tent that's selling fireworks. TNT. So this is going to be the the first year where it's going to be everywhere. Um it's 2019, by the way. 2019. Fireworks suck. I hate fireworks. I know you like fireworks. I, love them. I we, think they're so magical. When we first started dating, that was a big debate between the two of us. I don't care for them. Um, not only do they cause strain on people's pets and they give them anxiety, but then also you also need to consider veterans who are suffering from PTSD. Who you go make me feel bad? Well. I think there's a better way. <laughs> I'm not a fan. So we want to talk about some firework safety tips and what you can do to help your pet or your dog have less anxiety on the 4th of July. Do cats care about the fireworks? Yeah, some of them. I've heard people saying their, their cats would like, never hide asked. in the closet. And, I feel rude now. Uh, well, <laughs> we don't do cat training, so we can't. Yes, that's true. I don't claim to be a cat expert. So what can we give our dog friends advice on first? The biggest thing is be ready. If your dog's on anxiety medication and you need a refill, you're running low, you're not going to have any in time, go get a refill. Go see the vet. Make sure everything is good. If your dog has a microchip implanted, which it should... Make sure the information is correct on the microchip. You can call the company. If you have any of the paperwork with your dog, if you adopted it from a shelter, the microchip number is in there. And you can call the company, give them the number, update any information you need to update. If you don't have a microchip, go get a microchip. Yes, PCA. They have them for like half the price. It's, it's too late now, and this is obviously 2019, but they did, and I think they're going to do it every year. Yeah. They did about a 10-day gap up to July 3rd for $10 for a microchip implant. That's extremely cheap. It's That's nothing. Although I'm pretty sure it's under 30 bucks when it's not on sale. Yeah. So From it's them. cheap. It's cheap. And yeah. for those, those of you that don't know what a microchip is, it's small. It's like a the, the size of a grain of rice. It gets implanted right in between the shoulder blades of your dog, right at like the base of the neck. And if your dog gets out and isn't wearing its collar, when it ends up at a shelter or goes to the vet, they scan it. It comes back with a number. That number cor- it corresponds to your dog with your information in the database of the microchip company. So animal control officers, humane law enforcement officers, local police departments, veterinarians, animal shelters can all find out who's the owner of the dog and any other information, who, what the dog's name is, where your address is, your phone number, so they'll get your dog reunited with you as fast as possible. So update your microchips. Now is also a good time. Pause this. Go in your backyard. Check your fences. Right now. Go do it. Go do it. 
Go check your fence. When's the last time you walked your perimeter and made sure you didn't have any holes in your fence? We'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. Go ahead. Pause it now. I said pause it now. <laughs> Welcome back. How's your fence? <laughs> awesome. Another thing. Get a collar on your dog. If you don't have, especially if you don't have a microchip. Talking to you, Dad. My dad never likes to put the collar on our family dog, Gatsby, and it drives me nuts. Never. He says it makes him uncomfortable. It doesn't. He's as, fine. As if Gatsby can talk. <laughs> so get get the collar with an ID tag on the dog. You can take it off after the Fourth of July when the fireworks are done. But you know, when we're in this on the on the road working on the road, and we find your dog, we want to know where your dog is. Where it belongs. We don't want to take your dog to the shelter and then you have to wait 24 hours until we're open again to actually redeem your dog. So make sure there's an ID tag with your phone number or your address so we can get your dog back to you. As soon as possible because that dog is going to be freaking out. Yes. So, for the dogs that don't make it out of the house. Thankfully. There's got to be something we can do. Absolutely. I mean, there's tons of things. I mean, I deal with dogs with anxiety, separation anxiety every day. This is a specific type of anxiety. Um, obviously, it's very uh, nerve-wracking for them, and they they basically get them into themselves into a, a huge tizzy, and they cannot be calmed down. Um, a lot of dogs will start freaking out, start pacing, yawning, panting, um, laying down, getting up, laying down, getting up. Uh, a lot of people want to try and console their dog and hug them. This actually makes them worse, and they just kind of want to be alone. A lot of dogs try to get into the bathtub or the shower, or they try and hide. I know our one friend, Sandy Gordon, who has Alizé. She was a uh, resident at the SPCA for four years until Sandy adopted her. She's very skittish um, with loud noises and things that are not normal in her, her daily routine. And Sandy found out very recently that Alizé likes to hide in her closet because she found her shoes kind of misplaced all over the place. She thought it was her husband, but, it, but it's not. It's Alizé. She's just it hanging out. It might still be Ken. <laughs> Debatable. Yeah, we're not sure. The verdict is still out. He's trying out those shoes. We've um, all been there. <laughs> so figure out what works for your dog. Some dogs are crated normally, and that's a safe space for them. Some dogs really, really react quite poorly to crates, which as a trainer, I'm telling you, you should work on this with your dog. It's very important to have your dog crate trained. Um, a lot of people think that it's mean uh, when it comes to potty training and being safe. It's number one, um, and it should be something that your dog is okay with because you're you don't want to ignore that behavior. You really want to get them comfortable with it. Um, God forbid something happens. Let's say, you know, God forbid your dog breaks their leg and they need to go to the vet. They're going to be put in a very small cage because that's just how they do it at the vet. And would you want your dog to be super, super scared while it's in so much pain from breaking its leg? No, you want him to be, him or her to be comfortable while they're in that crate instead of freaking out because of both things, the leg and the crate. Um, so that's first. You know, making sure that your dog is okay in a crate. Now, on the off chance that your dog is really not okay in the crate and you do not have time to prep and it's either thunderstorming or it's fireworking, um, you can set up the day before a little nook for your dog, whether maybe you have a desk or like Sandy, you can use the closet. You can use anywhere, um, you know, on the couch, but make make a little nook for them you know kind of like when you were a kid and you wanted to play uh camping and you made kind of like a fort um this is what i want you to do so like if you let's use the um 
the desk as an example. You can get a bunch of blankets and put them down and maybe put like a couple little night lights in there for him or her and play some soft music. Um, you can do a lot of positive reinforcement with them like frozen marrow bones or Kongs during this time like even before the fireworks or the thunderstorms even start you know get them just mentally stimulated stimulated mentally stimulated mentally stimulated stimulated mentally stimulated get them mentally stimulated before the scary thing even happens she's a dog trainer not an English teacher <laughs> sorry I'm mildly dyslexic for anybody that doesn't know. I got diagnosed when I was 20. So that's why I am really bad at pronouncing things and Hold spelling and writing. Let me the world's smile, smallest violin. Oh, smilest? Oh, you, you want to come at me and you can't even speak either? Anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> make sure your dog is tired for mental stimulation before the scary thing even happens. Um, this way they're just a little bit more relaxed, a little bit um, less wound up so to speak, but you can also do it when it's actually happening. They may be too stressed to take it. This does not mean they don't like the frozen peanut butter. They don't like the the Greek yogurt. It means they're just too stressed to eat it, and that's okay. A lot of dogs don't eat when they're stressed, so that but that's an in- indication that your dog is stressed. Um, one of the biggest things that we have done um, for our dogs is to play music during the day. Um, if anybody listening knows our middle dog, Oakley, he came to us with really seriously bad separation anxiety. Um, and the one thing, uh, well, aside from the frozen marrow bones and the Kongs, uh, the one thing that really, really did help him was um, constant music playing. And uh, he loves it. And we notice now that if you know it's not on, they're a little bit more wound up when we do get home. Um, but I'm going to have John talk about this last one because um, he knows way more about it. But it is wonderful. It's called Adapto. Why don't you tell them about that, John? Yes, Adapto. It's, um, it's a synthetic version of the pheromone that moms, mom dogs will put out that calms their puppies. So if for a dog with high anxiety, you basically you'll, you'll, you buy the spray, you could spray it on their linen, um, they make collars, they make diffusers for the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually if you spray it, it has to go onto linen. Yeah, it has to go on linen and it has to dry because it's it's suspended in like an alcohol solution. So it smells kind of yucky when yeah. you spray it, but then 10 minutes later it it evaporates so we can't smell it, but the dogs well, can. It kind of does have a smell though. It kind of smells like... You smell it? I don't smell it. No, it does. Like, you know that smell? Like, you, everybody had that childhood friend that whose mom... Smell. No. <laughs> that smells smelly. Everybody has that childhood friend whose mom had that minivan that they never cleaned and always had old McDonald's french fries on the floor. Well, don't tell people that's what it smells like. No, that no, but it's super faint. Like, you could just hardly <laughs> pick it up. I've never smelled but that. But it smells like old McDonald's french fries in a minivan. But it's not going to make your house smell. But if you just really get up in it and smell it, that's kind of what it smells like. <laughs> but so, the dogs really like it. So if you can't pick up Adapto in time, just go to McDonald's. Really bad advice. Don't listen to him. Don't go to McDonald's. Get the Adapto. But it really does work. We actually used it with Pudge when she was a baby because we, of course, got her from a hoarding house when she was only two weeks old. Um, and no mom, no siblings, nobody. So we started fostering her at three weeks old. And um, it was given to us from the shelter, and they said this was really going to help her just kind of self-soothe and and be okay with the fact that she didn't have a mom and dog with her. And uh, we used it for a while, and it really did help her. And then she kind of just followed suit with us, and we kind of trickled off around month two. But she was doing really well with it. It was was a lifesaver. But it is told to really help 
um, with dogs that are stressed out and anxious and just calm them down a little bit. And she was pre-exposed to a lot of loud noises when she was little. Yes. Um, like under under three months of age, she was in the car. Every day. Got to experience like the wind from the windows. Um, when we would Loud go to, music. Loud music. We'd go to sleep and we would pre-expose her to thunderstorms on our Amazon Echo. Um, maximum volume. For who, anybody that doesn't know that, if you have an Echo or an Amazon Echo, uh, whatever you want to call it, Alexa, um, we have been using them for four years now. Here, watch this. What? Echo. Play thunderstorm sounds. Just like that, everybody's asleep. Echo. Stop. So we, we love it. Um, we say that at night. Obviously, if you if you know you have an Alexa or an Echo or something like that, um, you have to enable it on your app first. Sometimes they won't just play it automatically, so you have to enable that. Um, you can also tell it to enable, though. Yes, that's true. You can true. say Echo or Alexa, whatever you call it. Enable thunderstorm sounds. It'll probably give you a little ding, and then you're good to go. You'll be on your way. Um, we've been doing it with Pudge since she first came to us because we like to sleep with it because it actually keeps us asleep so it was inadvertent it really was we didn't do it on purpose it just it just kind of happened um so if you are a poor sleeper and you like the sound of rain i suggest this for you because this is one of uh this is the the thing that keeps john and i asleep the entire night and we love it it's like white noise but we think it's a little bit more soothing so in doing so uh pudge was completely desensitized to all thunderstorm sounds um it was actually really funny when we were still living with my parents. There was a really bad thunderstorm, and Gatsby was freaking out all night, up, down, up, down, barking at it, and then Pudge was underneath the covers, passed out, asleep, didn't wake up once. So it just goes to show you it really, really does help. Um, and then we did it with Opal and Oakley as well, and they do not react to anything. Fireworks, they don't react to. Um, they're really desensitized to loud noises outside. They don't react at all. It's just another day for them. Um, because they were listening to it subconsciously while they were sleeping and it's internalized in them now. So um, no big deal for them. It's not anything that's scary and it's nothing alarming to them. Yeah. Probably the best thing that we did. <laughs> that we didn't realize. That we, we didn't doing. realize, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really good mom-dad move. That's always my advice for people with puppies is just yes. expose them. Expose them to loud sounds. Let them hear the vacuum let them hear the thunderstorms make them hear the thunderstorms make fake thunderstorms mm -hmm. it's all good stuff you can do this like if you have a puppy you have to go to work when you put them in the crate you leave it on for them while you're gone even on a low setting and then you can amp it up as they get older yeah it's not that they're inherently afraid of thunder it's the fact that they never hear thunder so they know something's different so they get super scared they have no idea what it is but if they if you reprogram their brain to associate it with bedtime and comfortable and snuggling with mom and dad then it brings back good feelings and it calms them down absolutely so it's a short episode yeah we just wanted to touch on fireworks um i'm sure that i will be waking up oh i forgot oh. something i'm so sorry this is a big one um that we did not write down but it just dawned on me if you know there's going to be fireworks make sure all the windows in your house are closed I have heard at least five dogs in the last year that I have been told have jumped out of second story windows through the 
to the screen. Through the screen, sorry. Um, and onto the roof. Terrifying. So be very, very careful. Um, it's very dangerous. They when, when they are that scared, they do not care about anything. They they will do whatever. They, it's they fight flee. or flight. It's fight or flight. They will flee. It doesn't matter what happens to them. As long as they get out of where they are, that's typically scary for them in that moment. Um, so just please double check your, your windows. Yeah. Go back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. Um, I was saying I'm sure I will wake up to several notifications on my phone of dogs that got out and are currently lost or were found and are going to our shelter. It's, just it's, really, it's really sad. It's really sad because these dogs, they need your help. So you need to be their biggest advocate and you need to do what you can to keep them safe. If, do not take your new dog to go see the fireworks. Don't do that. No, don't. That's really a bad idea. Don't. And it's mean because you don't want to leave, so you're going to make them sit through it. Yeah. And stop walking your dogs on flat collars. Please get a martingale or a... Uh, Easy walk harness, please. I'm begging you all. And your prongs. Throw them out. Driving me nuts. We're on a tangent. Last but not least, be considerate. If you're going to be one of these people that just has to go buy fireworks, you got to waste your money on things that, that pop and fizzle, then at least do it at a, at a time where your neighbors expect you to be doing it. Don't do it at 7 in the morning. Don't do it at 10 o'clock at night. There's an appropriate time frame to be doing it, just like when the townships put on their shows. Just don't be an asshole. Exactly. exactly. Perfect way to put it. Don't be an asshole. Mm. That may be the first time in the history of this podcast that I'm going to have to bleep you. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. That's it. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, that was a short one today. As always, class dismissed. <laughs>